0: Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Warrior and the Wolf episode, whatever Brian decides it is. I am Mark, right over there is Aaron, uh, and we are all about providing a safe place for men, parentheses, and women to show up uh, authentically. And again, the reason that we do the parenthetical with the women is, as you can tell by our voices and uh, how we conduct ourselves, we are men and that is uh, who we are most able to effectively help in this work. But uh, if you are a woman out there and you find value in this and you need help, we want to help you as well to the best of our ability. So as we do every episode, we are going to go into the check-in.
1: Yeah. So if you remember last time you were with us, we talk about um, emotions and checking in and how um, checking in with your emotions can actually give you clarity and process through some stuff to figure out where you're actually at we talk about emotions being what they are they're not good they're not bad they are indifferent um, so yeah they're just there so we tell you know go with what our body is feeling and go with those emotions we use the one we talk about the sachet sad angry scared excited tender happy excited happy excited tender I missed one that's, that's right it. So we go through those. Uh, we want to, like, we're want we starting every episode this way, so we'll go through what emotions we got going right now and uh, just a really brief context before we jump into the meat of everything. So
0: And remember, too, um, we we touched on it last episode. We don't quantify this. Nope.
1: No little, no kind of. And just we are. use
0: I, me, not we, us, you. Like, mm-hmm. own those emotions. Not, because here, here's a prime example. You know when you do this, you, you know when you're having a bad day or you had it. Versus, I know when I have a bad day.
1: Well, see, it it dramatically changes it. But it's also the, I'm a little angry or I'm a little scared. It's like, no, you just be angry, be scared. It's okay. You you are. So uh, I think last time I went first. So I think Mark will have you kick us off in this one. Yeah.
0: Uh, Checking in, sad. Happy, excited, and tender. Uh, tender for you. Stepping into that story is... Gosh, I love you, dude. I'm grateful for you. Uh, sad. Just this whole season, uh, w- with having lost mom earlier this year, That—that um, that is definitely hanging around her birthday this week, my birthday this week, two days apart. Uh, just a lot of sadness, especially coming out of Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving was always her favorite holiday, so even though... We were at her house uh, to celebrate that holiday. Uh, Still sad that she wasn't with us. Uh, Happy and excited. Uh, I'm happy and excited not only to do uh, this next episode with you. Happy and excited that we're finally getting this podcast off the ground. Happy and excited. I get to go cut down a Christmas tree. I'm going to go be a child this afternoon. And (laughs) I am going to go cut down a Christmas tree with my family. And this will be uh, our first year doing it with uh, five people instead of four, our soon-to-be, well, who knows what that's going to look like, but our eldest's love interest is coming (laughs) with us, and we're very, very grateful for her. She's an absolute sweetheart. So uh, with that, I am in.
1: Welcome. Yeah, so for me, um, I'm checking in. I am happy, excited, scared, sad, and tender. Uh, Tender for myself, which is, I think unusual the first time you say it but tender for myself and sharing my story in the last episode the first time who says it first time i say it damn you (laughs) (laughs) um gosh i i'm I'm like you i'm happy and excited to be doing this um we've been talking about it for a long time it feels good to like make it happen um whether or not it's just you and i listening or just our families (laughs) uh still exciting um I'm sad and scared for the the health issues going on with uh, the young man in my family. Um, I'm excited and happy. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm not cutting down a Christmas tree, even though I look like I sh- should be the one cutting down the Christmas trees. <laughs> um, I was gonna wear plaid today and I didn't. Um, no, but I'm gonna go home and I'm gonna gather up both my boys on the couch and pop some popcorn and. Eggnog and all the stuff, and watch a uh, Muppet Christmas Carol. and Watch a Christmas movie. Love so that. So I'm stoked about that. Um, yeah, and I, I'm a, I'm excited for y, for you in this and to go through your your story, and I'm tender for it too. Um, so yeah, uh, with all that, I am
0: in. Excellent. I, it's interesting. I don't. Yeah, I'm feeling mm-hmm. fear around I, stepping into my story for sure. I
1: think and I, we, we talked about. I think the fear is healthy. Oh, for sure. I think the fear is, is sure. healthy. And I think it's it's good to know that for people to know, like it's scary telling your story, but on the end of it, it's we use the word cathartic a lot. We do or I, I do.
0: You know, the fear the fear for me, uh, brother, comes in. We're gonna put this out there. Yep. And it's just going to be there. It's there. And so how are people going to feel about me? How are people going to think about me? How are people going to look at me? So a ton of fear in that because part of my story as you will hear is I want people to like me yep. and so uh, this uh, the story that I'm telling myself is that people hearing my story for the first or twelfth time this could impact whether or not they like me and so there's fear in that
1: I 100% resonate with that yeah. and I think I, I'm okay in this scenario saying we meaning you and I right when you and I have done this before or shared our story or done this process one I don't think there's always nerves it always it's never easy mm-hmm but in my experience, it has always strengthened other men's opinion and relationship with me and of me.
0: Yeah. I, well, and especially our inner circle, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. We, we sit here uh, with our friend Brian. And our handler. <laughs> our handler. The person who says, you can't say you can't shit that. like that. <laughs> you, I'm going to have to stop this and produce it now. Yeah. Um, but just the inner circle. That we have right, uh, grateful for, for for the men who are in that circle, um, and grateful for uh, my wife, who um, man, just the definition of grace yeah. for her. Yeah.
1: So, and I want to get into it in your story. But this is the, the last thing about that. In, in my experience, sharing this, there's we're never alone. Yeah. There's always at least another person that can resonate with some part of our story sure so without without further ado the uh the wolf story
0: yeah so um I always go back to beginning with that Steve Martin line I started out as a child <laughs> <laughs> uh you, you know really really standard upbringing for me uh mom and dad got um, they they met in high school uh, and and tried for a very long time to have me. Uh, I am an only child. You'll hear me talk about my brother quite a bit, and I and I, and I love my brother a whole bunch. But uh, I am biologically an only child, which explains so much of my personality to a lot of different people, right? It does. Um, but classical Midwest upbringing, nothing out of the ordinary, really, uh, for me. But the story comes online Uh, when I was about 12, uh, my uh, dad, um, so my dad was an electrician and he uh, had to travel on occasion, he was a union electrician and so if there wasn't work at one union, he would need to go to another one and work. So he traveled quite a bit uh, on occasion for work, but at 12 he had gone somewhere and uh, met a woman and was unfaithful to my mom so the decision that they came to was that they needed to get a divorce and so uh, my folks got a divorce at 12 now the reason that i say my story comes online there is i was not worth sticking around for
1: so that was the the message or that's, the soundtrack that's that's that that's the story the play. i'm
0: telling myself is i i wasn't what I, I needed to do more if i could do more would dad have stuck around it if i did this Um, if only I would have done this, then my dad would have liked me and my dad would have stuck her. That's just the message that came online for me. Yeah. My dad was an amazing human more on that in a minute, but that was the story that I was telling myself, not at all what my dad meant necessarily, but the story that I took on oddly enough, that job came to a close for my dad traveling six months later, my parents got remarried,
1: right? Yeah.
0: Um, so Mom and Dad got remarried uh, later that same year. Uh, and we were great for another four years. At sixteen, uh, my dad uh, was traveling not quite as far, but still traveling, met another young lady uh, with whom he uh, began a relationship and uh, divorced my mom for the final time. Uh, Again, just iterating the story for me, hey, you know, I, I could have done more, but what more could I have done? Um, and really, you know, Aaron, for me, what that has done is rarely, if ever, do I say no. Because I'm a people pleaser. And you, So you and I have had this conversation over yeah. and over and over. We are identical twins in that space. Of we yes. like to make people happy. We want people to like us. But for me, that came online there was if I did more, yeah. if I could just do this, then you would accept me then you would like me then i would be worth sticking around for and i want you around yeah. um so that's that's what came online now um my mom uh again passed away earlier this year um here's i don't even think i've shared this with you yet yeah. i have some of her journals and her diary oh man i i've stopped reading d- dude tears tears I've... like freaking crazy. So I've backed off. But one thing that I got from my mom and it ties in to the other part of our personality. And that is put a smile on your face. Just, just act happy, act, act like everything's okay. I, that came from my mom. So this fear of losing someone, right? I have to do more in order for people to stick around. I um, need to show up. If only I would have done this, then they would, then they would like me. My mom fed this. Hey, people only like it when you're happy. People only yeah. you, right. I have to be happy. Put a smile on all that. That actually came from my mom. Hmm. Um, and and she and I talked about that uh, specifically over the course of the last two years as we had some really tender conversations. But um, put on a happy face.
1: So put, can I? Can I? If you're open to asking something, always. So I think it's it's pretty common you said you when your dad left Mm -hmm. the first time at 12 you're like wow it's my fault i what could i done yeah was that like compounded and just drilled in when it happened like a second time
0: yeah so that's an awesome question uh because i didn't really deal with that until my initial carpet work okay five years ago okay never I, I had stuffed that so much because I need to put that smile on my face. I have to be happy. My parents' divorce never impacted me. I said it from the t- like the day they got divorced. I'm like, yeah, I'm good. I'm g-. And it was just, so, so to go back and reflect on all that stuff, I'm like, holy shit. Like my mom taught me so well to put a smile on and act like everything's okay mm-hmm. that my parents' divorce. I was just like, yeah, I'm good. I didn't really dig into it, so to answer your question, I'm not sure. It logically, I would say it had to have just drilled fat, drilled home the fact that I'm not worth sticking around for. Yeah, that
1: was my that was my question. Just yeah.
0: Interesting. So, but man, I, I I stuffed that. Yeah, I stuffed that way down. Um, and again, uh, we we talked a little bit about bullying around. Uh, your story. I, I wasn't really bullied, but um, I tried desperately to fit in, and I would morph who I was in school, similar to you. Um, hey, I, I want to be accepted. I mm-hmm. want to be liked. So whether it was funny, I played basketball, and I and I happened to be with some of the cool kids on that team and fit in. Okay, uh, when you talk about shoes and stuff like that, I didn't have that issue. Uh, middle-class, um, middle-class dad worked hard to support us, did well. Mom worked hard. We were a dual income family. They both brought money in. So we didn't really have, so I could afford the shoes and I could afford to go to church camping, but church was something that we did every freaking Sunday. We were (laughs) at church every Sunday. Yep. And that was, and if you've ever tried to get a family ready for church, It's nothing short of a shit show, which I I know is funny to use the word shit show on your way to church, but let's be honest for a hot second, man. Getting a family to church is difficult. And so that's where that first thing of put a smile on your face, right? Be happy. Just be happy. That's what people want to see. That's what people like. So that ties into stuffing everything from that 12 to 16 year period, right, Uh, of divorce where... I didn't want to face it, so just put on a happy face.
1: That's that old-school Christian mentality of we're going to swear at each other and yell and scream all the way to the parking lot, (laughs) but we're going to put on a smile and sit in the pew and sing the hymn and bless you, brother. And and again, it's one of the reasons
0: that we wanted to do this podcast is let's cut out the bullshit, Yep. right? Life is hard. Life is is. very, very – Now, again, one thing that I have realized, especially in this season without mom, is I'm very, very sad – but I can also be happy, right? At the same time. Right. So rather than being... Because I, I remember I got to a point, I got so conditioned that I would just buy into the fact that I was happy because that's what I was supposed to be. And all those other emotions would go away. But so to, to answer... The long way to answer your question is, yeah, I, I'm sure that dad leaving the second time dramatically impacted uh, me for sure. Uh, but him him leaving was a big big deal Uh, went through high school uh, and again a testament to my dad that dude would show up every basketball game every band concert and of course mom would take me I lived with my mom for the most part and uh, but dad mom and dad always showed up always without fail without question they were there so a lot of support um, but dad uh, definitely, to me, seemed to make a decision that that life he chose was the life that he wanted, and would let me know when I could fit into it. And so, um, it, it definitely started. It, it was not the same with my dad and I. Now, my, I, I absolutely get my my sense of humor, my personality <laughs> on that. That's my dad, a thousand percent. My dad is my my dad was absolutely freaking. Hilarious. He was, he, again, a good, good man. Um, but I have, I've always been closer with my mom because I lived with my mom. That makes sense. And so even through the divorce, through everything, put on a smiling face. Put on a happy face. You, you, you're going to be fine. It's okay. <clears throat> Without really addressing the pain. Yeah. So I graduate. Uh, I had been uh, courting this young lady. Uh, for whom with whom I was smitten and uh, we moved to uh, Texas shortly after my first semester of college Um, and went down there because her mom uh, was dating a man who moved down there to Texas Mm -hmm. so uh, she went I went uh, leaving uh, my mom and and I guess I should back up so that same year, the year that I graduated, about a month before I graduated, my mom married my stepdad, uh, which is where my brother comes into okay. the picture. Now, what's interesting about that is um, I had gone to school mm-hmm. with my stepbrother. Okay. So I knew him. He was a stud, man. Yeah. Um, my, my my brother still is a stud. But he was a stud in high school. Great athlete. You know, he seemingly had his, his shit together. I was like, yeah, sweet. And then our parents started dating, and I'm like, okay. And then they got married, and I'm like, so all of a sudden, this guy that I went to high school with was my stepbrother. Um, my my stepdad uh, was an absolute rock star. I uh, love him very, very much. But uh, So that happened. They got married over the summer. Uh, my girlfriend's mom decided that she was going to move to Texas, so I moved with them because I didn't want to lose this girl. Because, again, mm-hmm. I don't want to lose you. What more can I do? How, how do I hang on to you? How do I get you to stay? How do I get you to like me? Yeah. And so chasing her to Texas was how I got her to like me. Um, went down there. We were not there all that long. Um, the relationship between my girlfriend's uh, mother and, and her boyfriend didn't work out. Uh, and so they, they broke up. We ended up coming back to uh that sweet sweet East Central Illinois lifestyle. Uh, and I went to work. I stopped by and saw a friend uh at the jewelry counter at JCPenney.
1: Oh. You were uh, smitten.
0: I know. I I stopped and I saw I I was talking with a friend and this young lady came over and and um she says, Hi, I'm 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 Jen. And my friend was like, Yeah, this is Jen, so on and so forth. I was like, Oh, nice to meet you. And I kept talking with my friend. I said, Hey, I have to go do my interview uh, here and, and then I'll in the mall and then I'll be back. Um and so I went and did my interview. I came back and my friend was there without Jen. And I'm like, dude, who was that? And she's like, It's funny you asked because she had the same question about you. Mm. So um, even though I was dating a young lady, I became smitten with another young lady, and, um, but went to work, didn't think anything about it, uh, and shortly uh, shortly after that, my, my, but, my roommate and I were at home, we were hanging out one day, and I hear this voice across the hall, at the apartment across the hall, lo and behold, there's Jen. I'm like, hey, it's good to see you. And she's like, it's great to see you. Um, That uh, turned into a relationship. I actually ended up breaking up with a girlfriend I had at the time to start dating uh, who became my wife. And I'm realizing now that as this hits the airwaves for all of the world wide web, (laughs) everybody's going to be thrilled with That's how Jennifer and I met. (laughs) <laughs> uh, again, to my fear of oh, what are people gonna think? Um, so Jennifer and I uh, got married a few years later, very, very young, uh, but got married and uh, we had we had our first son in 2003 in january of 2004 my dad was diagnosed with cancer and given five months to live Uh, and my dad uh, passed away in may of that year so dad dad passed away may 21st of 2004 um but i was working as, as a matter of fact i was working with my brother I had moved from East Central Illinois. I'd come out here to Colorado, which was weird, right? Because my family, uh, Jennifer and I, both of our families are in East Central Illinois, and within a 45 minute radius, freaking everybody, dude. It was just, it was a typical Midwestern upbringing. Like yeah. we're all there. We all stay there. That's what we do. And so uh, we made my brother. He came out and he's like, "Hey, why don't you come work uh, for me?" And I said, "Okay." And so on a dime, picked up and left. Yeah. Yeah. Moved out to Colorado with a uh, kid. He, uh, the very first grandchild of everybody involved. So my mom and oh, dad and Jen's folks and believe me when I say I have pissed off a lot of people in a lot of different ways, but they were very I mean that was that was a tough move. And I, I'll circle back around to this, not only dad passing away, but moving and everything else in, in a little bit, but so we moved out here. I'm working. My dad gets diagnosed And we're in Colorado. He's in Illinois. So trying to find resources in our mid-late 20s to fly back or drive back or whatever that may be was tough to do. I bet. My dad was given five months. I didn't spend nearly as much time with my dad as I wanted to uh, while he was uh, fighting cancer Um, because I was working. I can actually take you to the gas pump in old Colorado City where I talked to my dad for the last time. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. So, but my dad had instilled in me a work ethic. Yeah. And one of the last things that my dad said to me, he's like, you're just, I was back in Illinois at the time. I had, I had gone back to visit and he says, look, you're just going to sit around here and you're going to wait for me to die. He's like, go back and get some work done. Hmm. So I did. Yeah. That's what I did. Um, again, dad passed away in May of 2004. <clears throat> followed closely by my grandma on July 2nd, his mom, and then my grandpa, his dad, on October 18th. So 2004 uh, w- was a really difficult year for me. Yeah. Uh, more on that in a bit. Um, but Jennifer and I were out here, and we were trying to navigate a relationship, a marriage with a child. Those of you who have a toddler or a one-year-old, two-year-old, three-year-old, imagine doing it by yourselves. Yeah. Right. So again, we go from this huge family. We have this giant uh, support network of family. Hey, can you watch the kid while we go do this? Can you watch the kid while we go have a date night? Can you watch the kid while we connect in the attic? We didn't have that. Yeah. We just came out here uh, because Jennifer supported me. She was like, yeah, I think you're absolutely crazy for wanting to do this, but I support you. Let's go. Fast <laughs> um, <clears throat> Fast forward. Um, in 2007, uh, my, my mom, uh, was retiring, uh, and, uh, went back for uh, her retirement party and there was a young lady there who gave me a lot of attention
1: hmm.
0: and I was like, wow. I didn't even have to do anything. Because, again, back to the story with my dad and the divorce and everything. In order for you to stick around, I have to do this. In order to have your attention, I have to be a certain version of myself. In order for me to um, be worthy of your time, I have to be this certain person. Yep. And this young lady gave me attention with zero expectations. Mm. None. Yep. And I was like, okay. <clears throat> this is this is unique um we got done with mom's retirement party went on my merry way um and uh, this young lady and I struck up what can only be considered an inappropriate relationship whether that be texting or or how we communicated with one another it just was not appropriate not even a little bit okay. um <clears throat> but the support was there and her accepting me for who I was and how I was just as I was, was huge. I was like, this is freaking amazing, dude. I want this in my life because again, trying to raise a toddler with somebody, right? Yeah. Just being married is effort. Yeah. Being married is an effort. Like sometimes I, I give 90 gen, Gives ten. Sometimes Jen gives ninety nine. I I give one. Right. So there's always a give and take, and it was a lot of work, right? It, yeah. It's just work to make a relationship hundred percent happen, especially when you're charged with keeping a small human alive. Yeah, it's a lot of work.
1: I think somebody once said, "Imagine you're drowning, and someone hands you a
0: kid." <laughs> This is Jim Gaffigan. Yeah, yeah. Jim Gaffigan. when he had his fourth kid, he was yeah. like, "If you're wondering what it's like to have four children, imagine, imagine you're, you're drowning and someone hands you a baby."
1: the point is, it's hard. Mm-hmm.
0: It is hard. So, um, but this uh, other young lady was giving me attention with no expectation of anything in return, and I'm like, "Dude," which was easy. Yeah, I'm like, "You don't want anything." I don't like. Not this is awesome. Uh, anyway, the uh, inappropriate relationship continued uh, to the point where it became uh, physical. And I uh, ended up sleeping with this person. Um, not my best moment. Anyway, uh, that continued uh, for a while until uh, the decision was made to uh, own. Because she was married as well. This person was married as well, and uh, the decision was made that we were going to tell that 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 we were going to come clean and let our spouses know what was going on, and that is what happened. Uh, Jennifer and I separated for a brief period of time. Um, So you open
1: to a question, real quick? Of course. So who who initiated the? Whose idea was it to tell, that we're going to tell our spouses?
0: Not mine. Dude, no, uh, no.
1: So would it be, and I don't want to put words in your mouth. So would it be safe to say that your idea to come clean might've been out of self-preservation or something along those lines? No, my
0: idea was to come clean because she was already telling her spouse Okay. And I knew it was going to come back to Jen. And I'm like, I, she's got to hear this from me. She can't hear it from another. Person. Well, I
1: guess that that would be my the question. Like, you needed to say something quick enough before
0: yes. Jen found yeah. out from a, yeah. th- from yeah. third party. I was not man enough to own it first. No. Oh. Nope.
1: No, right, that was just my, I was. Yeah. For context.
0: So, so uh, again, when I tell you, yeah, that <clears throat> not a good time. So. Uh, Jennifer and I separated for a time, uh, and uh, worked on uh, us. And, and And I thought for sure that uh, this other person was who I wanted to, to to be with. She was everything, right? And again, <clears throat> outside of responsibility outside of all the stuff that has to be done. This was just, you know, it wasn't what I would consider to be a real relationship. It was something that, you know, of course, no one could convince me, but this is after my dad passed away. More on that in a minute. Yeah. But, um, yeah, we just, it ends up that this young lady and I did not, um, decide to pursue a relationship with one another. And Jennifer and I worked, well, Jennifer worked really, really hard, uh, on us. Uh, so we got back together, um, and went down this road and we are <clears throat> working through everything, uh, shortly thereafter, we have a second kiddo, which was not something that Jennifer and I had thought was in the cards for us. Yeah. Um, I won't tell the entire story. Um, well, it, it it is funny, but you and I both know um, in, in our stories, I, I talked with Jen about this, um, about sharing my story because this is now out there. Yeah. And I want to make sure that Jen's heart is cared for. And so I won't tell all of the details about stuff, but finding out that we were pregnant with Oliver was not something that was in the cards for us. But... It ended up keeping us together, and that was a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, we do uh, this work, <clears throat> excuse me. And um, I went on uh, a weekend. I, I had played drums for years and years and years. I was in several local cover bands. I mean, none as awesome as the Martini Shot, but um, definitely uh, part of several cover bands here in Colorado Springs. The martini shot thing is just to make Brian Person over here smile. He's the trumpet player for them, and he happens to be our super awesome producer. So that is why I make him smile.
1: Producer slash handler. Handler, yes,
0: yes. Person that keeps us out of trouble. But uh, so I was playing a, a lot of uh, playing a lot of music with cover bands and so on and so forth. Got involved with church and started playing there. Mm-hmm. Um, and the worship uh, pastor says, "Dude, you need to go." On this weekend. And I don't think we brought it up uh, during your story. I don't think we did. But thecrucibleproject.org. If you want more information, you can check out thecrucibleproject.org. That's the work that uh, Aaron and I will continually reference. But I go on this weekend. And the reason that I say I'll circle back to all this stuff. Oh, in 2012. That's a huge part. In 2012, my stepdad of 19 years, uh, my mom's absolute dream man, uh, died of a heart attack on the 11th hole of a golf course. Uh, His favorite golf course, uh, golfing with uh, my uncle Anthony, one of his very dear friends and favorite golfing buddies. Uh, So dad passed away uh, uh, in 2012. And I call him dad. So it gets confusing because my dad did pass away in 2004, but my dad, number two, died in 2012. Uh, yeah. And mom was absolutely crushed. Uh, and again, being an only child, there was a lot of work involved with her and so on and so forth. Yeah. But I, I I go and I do this work about five years ago. Um, our worship pastor said, hey, I think that you're going to get something out of this weekend. I'd like you to go. And I said, sure, I'll go. And I went, and it was the first time that I realized just how sad I was Yeah, because my mom had told me, man, you got to be happy. You got to put a smile on. That's what people want to see. That's why people like you is because you're this version of you. If you're not this version of you, they're not going to like you. And after so long of hearing that story, it's like, well, crap, maybe, maybe I have to be a certain way. So that authenticity never really showed up for me. I couldn't be sad. I couldn't be scared again because like I said, men don't cry. Suck it up. Rub dirt on it. Don't be a pussy. All, all that because I was sad. I was scared. But it came out as anger. It came out as an affair. It came out. You have a question. I do have
1: a question. You talked about your, your story and, and the relationship. During that whole time, was it still put a smile on your face and be happy through all this?
0: Oh, a thousand percent. Of course.
1: So how did that show up for you when you were, when you said, cause you said something interesting that, that resonated with you. You said, Jen did a lot of work on us. And I feel like that's an important detail, the way you said that. Yeah. Um, but how was it? So my question is like during all that, how was the smile, just be happy, put a smile on your face and push through thing kind of showing up?
0: Well, I, some of it was mom, some of it was dad, because going through a divorce for anybody I'm finding now is not nearly as easy as I was led to believe that it was. Yeah. Like there was pain for dad. There was pain for mom. But mm-hmm. what do you do? You get up, you go to work. There's just, you're supposed to do things. You're supposed to go to work. Just go to work, put food on the table. That's your freaking job. Do your job. Yeah. And so all I could hear was that voice playing in my head. Do your job, do your job, do your do-. Like, this is what you're supposed to do only to find out it's really not what I'm supposed to do. What yeah. I'm supposed to do is show up authentically. And that's how we grow. So I, I just went about it like I'm supposed to do a certain thing. So I did certain things. I would show up with Jen. Tyler and Jennifer and I would go places. We would do things, so on and so forth. But I know that Jen was putting more effort, intentional effort into that space because I was just going to work. Like, you know, we would go to church. It's like, yeah, it's okay. Like, the fear that I have for her in sharing my story is huge because you know as well as i like you heard my story five years ago man this this is not news to you yeah but for jen she's not really ready to step into all of that space yet right yeah that's fair I, i i want to hold her heart as best i can but to own the fact that she was more intentional about making us work no question no question because she uh had a really good idea uh, like, she took our vows very, very seriously. Mm-hmm. And she's like, no, 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 no. We're dying together. And I'm like, oh, okay. It's a strong woman, man. Dude, I... For those of you who ha- who are listening right now and, and know what I say about Jen, I married so far out of my league, dude, it is not lost on me. I know that. But in that time, Jen was working exponentially more on us intentionally than I was but you
1: still ha- still kept having to put on the happy face, the smile, the things, well, are, yeah, things know, are great.
0: Nobody wants to hear, like, that's what, like, hey, how you doing? Oh, I'm great. Like, it's just built into me, man. Yeah. I, oh, I'm great. Everything's good. Like, I might have even done it per- to Brian today when he came in. He's like, how you doing? Oh, I'm great. I'm fucking sad. It was a tough week. This was a really tough week for me, but it's yeah. so built in. So when we talk about continuing to do the work, Prime example, right? Like, yeah. Part of part of me is great. That that it's not like I was being inauthentic in that space, but I'm sad. Mm-hmm. Like I have so much fear around the holidays without my mom. But it's easier to say I'm great. Yeah. But when we did your story, we were talking about that showing up. Check. You said check on somebody. Send out that text. Yada yada. I'm still authentic in how I respond. Yes. But it's amazing to me how. Oh, I'm great. Just be great. be happy, be smiley. But yes I did I did marry out of my league. Jen's exponentially cooler than I am, and most of our mutual friends will agree. but I did I started this work um, five years ago and I realized how sad I was about my dad leaving and I realized that, oh shit, that's triggering so much about me and yeah. my mom's response to it. Just put a smile on, be happy. People don't want to see this. People don't want to see. They just want again. And then, and so I started to evaluate just like I said, you know, how you doing? Oh, I'm good. It's like, that's so common for so many people that I see. No, really? How are you? Well, I'm not, I'm honestly, I'm not worth a shit. Thanks for asking. Yeah, but there's such a different reaction. Oh man, I'm great. Oh, good. And you walk by. How are you? Well, I'm not worth a shit. Oh, man, now i got to sit here and listen to this freaking guy's story, right? Yeah. So I get it. I know where they were coming from.
1: No, you, you hit on What I was going to say is, like, people don't... Telling, you, telling people how you really feel, that's not to distract, from your, to distract from your story, but it's telling. I think you hit on it. Telling people how you really are doing, at least for me, I can say, like, then I feel like an inconvenience to somebody. Sure. Like, I want you to be able to enjoy your day and go
0: on. I, I want you to like me. Yeah. Dude. That's the story. I want you to like me. So if I can take any friction away from that whole scenario, from that Mm -hmm. equation that I just show up and you like me, that's what I'm going to do. And again, that was planted like super early and it showed up, but I didn't realize why or how it was showing up until five years ago when we're doing this work. Right. Yeah. And I cried. I cried so, and it was freeing, and it was awesome, and it was unique. I just cried because I had hung on to anger trying to connect with my dad Mm -hmm. who passed away, you know, at that point 14 years ago. Yeah. Right? Um, I hung on to so much stuff, and when we talk about feelings coming out sideways, it came out sideways in the affair because I didn't handle my dad's passing. I didn't handle that anger. I didn't handle those emotions. Whereas if I would have stepped into the sadness to the point where uh, it absolutely pains me. So mom was diagnosed uh, in June of 2020. Yeah. And they said it was stage four. Hey, this is terminal. No one, this, no one has survived this, this type of cancer. You're going to die. And so I started talking with Jen and I said, so, you know, Because again, I had done the work at that point, so I'm like, I'm scared, I'm sad, I'm all of these different things. And I said, tell me how you're feeling. She's like, I'm scared. I'm like, absolutely, what are you scared of? She's like, "That you're going to fall off the deep end again.
1: Hmm.
0: Oh, fuck. Dude, It like, my heart just broke, but the other side of that being happy and tender because she was willing to share that and knew that she could.
1: That's huge, though.
0: Yeah, right, and she knew that she could, but... I just realized uh, that all of that stuff, the divorce, I wasn't good enough to stick around for, and I have to put a smile on in order for somebody to like me or in order for me to be worthy of your time or anything like that. Um, fast forward to today, and um, I don't even know if I would say work in progress. I am a hot mess, buddy. Um, but I think the self-awareness piece when I'm sad, I'm sad. And when I'm scared, I'm scared. And when I'm angry, I'm angry. And when I'm excited, it, like, but I don't have to be one thing. Like you, when you check in full sachet, right? Like I can be sad and uh-huh. like, I'm sad about not having mom. Right. Yeah. But I'm super happy and excited about being able to go cut down the Christmas tree with our family. this. Day. It's going to be uh-huh. so great. You know, And so being able to show up authentically in that space um, and just, man, I so badly want to help men who think that it's either or. Yeah. You know, I, I want you to know there's an and. I'm sad and I'm happy. I'm scared and just being able to step into and be present with and be intentional and authentic and all of that stuff with who I am, why I am. So why are you sad? Yeah, well, you lost your mom. That doesn't sound absurd to you, does it? No, not at all. I wouldn't have owned it six years ago. I just no. wouldn't have. Yeah, I've been like, yeah, I'm good. I'm fine. I and I do. I think that 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 men especially, as I look back, like I'm supposed to go to work. I'm supposed to provide. I'm supposed to do these certain because. That's how I was raised, you know. Mm. Again, like I said, that's how I showed up when Dad passed. Oh, I'm supposed to do this. I'm supposed to do that. And Ma- just put a smile on your face and go about what you're supposed to be doing. Yeah,
1: hundred. I I, th- I think it's so compounded and drilled into to our kind of generation of for two reasons. Like to just just go to work. Your job is to provide. You know, your your job is to provide a roof, food, clothes, whatever material yeah. things. Just go to work, just do your job, and then you compound it with the you know because the same thing. Like we grew, up, I grew up in church for, for <laughs> I mean, if they we were at church, if the doors open, they were painting. We were at church like Sunday, Wednesday, all that stuff. So I get that, but it was always also the good Christians don't have problems. No, to put a smile on your face and good, so. It, that resonates with me, um, but the one thing I want to say when you—I so appreciate when you just sit here and say, "I'm a hot mess." <laughs> you of all people know that's well, the truth. But and I think it's so foreign. It's such a foreign concept to people. I'll say people, but mostly men that haven't done the work that we have done. Yeah. To you, look at somebody who is a hot mess. You're know, like that dude does not have his shit together. Yeah. I pity that guy. When in reality, having flipped the conversation for you to sit here and say, I'm a hot mess. Like I've tried to work on this, but I'm still a hot mess But I'm going to continue to work because I know where I need to work. In my experience, and I think, I think you'd probably agree with this, that I trust a man like that infinitely more than I do somebody who's always like, I'm fine. I'm fine. Nothing's wrong. I'm good. Just working hard, living the dream.
0: Well, and I think that comes down to connection, right? The entire reason we're doing the podcast. Yeah is we're trying to let people know you're not alone. Who on earth has everything together? Like they may they may seem like they have it all together. I'm telling you, they don't. Oh yeah. Like, but to 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 be willing to be authentic, to, to step into vulnerability like that for me, because again, I'm not allowed to be sad. I'm not allowed to be scared. It's freeing. It's empowering. Like I have no desire for you to sit here and be like, yeah, Mark has his shit together. He super doesn't. Man, <laughs> he really doesn't now. And I, I know that that's subjective for different people. But the entire point is, if you're out there right now and you're like, "Man, I'm sad." Yeah, I get that. I'm, sc- I'm scared. How do I pay my bills? How am I doing this? Like, blah blah blah. And then you hit on it from from a spiritual leader standpoint, right? Because modern day Christianity, Wade Shaw, love you very much. Um. Wade has kind of brought it to the... He's like, what does Christianity even mean to you? What does that look like? Because I was told by somebody who interpreted the Scripture that this is how it's supposed to be. Is it? No, it's not. No. But we're not supposed to question those people either no. in the church. We don't question them at all. No, question them. The only person you, I don't want to question is God. That's That's... He and I have an understanding. No. <laughs> but... So yeah, that Christianity and faith-based stuff was a big deal because I don't just sit there smile. I genuinely believe that that's what um the the church that I grew up in was. Yeah. Oh, just, I just smile, show up, put a tie on. Oh, everybody's good. We are not. 100%. We are not okay. We're not even remotely okay. And that's okay. That yeah. that stigma uh, out there of not being okay, well that's a problem. Why? Like when you check in, you say they're just a they're they're emotions. I'm sad. Well, why are you sad? I'm angry. Well, why are you angry? Yeah. There's nothing wrong with those things. I want to get the stigma away from that stuff, man. Show up the way that you want to show up, and that's great. There's nothing wrong with you. I promise you that there are other people showing up the exact same way. Yeah, and we're in the, we're in the same boat, and that's the
1: same goal. Obviously, that's why we're we're here doing what we're doing. And it sounds so simple, it sounds so cliche, but it's like the anti bumper sticker. Like, it's okay to not be okay. Of course. But that's so, I think you and I, I well, let's, yeah, for me, up until five years ago, I didn't know that.
0: Well, and being not okay, that's the norm. Yeah. Not only is that okay, that's the way it's supposed to freaking be, man. We don't have it all together. And those that, you know, are Making you think, are trying really hard to make you think that they do really don't. Yeah, I promise you, they don't have it together. So, um, in a nutshell, that's that's the story. I am at this stage, uh, unfortunately, a- an orphan. Yeah, I am very sad about that, but um, I always say all the time, so so grateful for um, getting a bonus brother and a bonus dad, that's been awesome, and then. Yeah. Just the, the the grace of uh, my wife, um, and again, before we even go down the road, it's the same thing as not being okay. Jennifer and I are not always okay. <laughs> Our marriage yeah. is not like we have a lot of stuff that we have to work through, but it's a hell of a lot easier to work through that stuff, knowing where I'm coming from, what's about me, and what's about her. Yeah. Oh yeah. And being able to step into that space because even holding space for her Mm -hmm. to come and uh, be sad or be scared that I'm going to fall off the deep end or yada, yada, yada. Um, I want to show up for her and I want to hold space. I can't solve it all. And that's something that my dad gave me, right? Well, just fix it. This is wrong. We'll fix it. Well, it's not. Rarely is it that easy. Sometimes Jen just wants me to know, hey, I think you're kind of an asshole today okay what why do you think that and let's go ahead because nine times out of ten I know what it is you yeah. know but why is it impacting you the way that it's impacting you what what about you is not appreciating where I'm coming from in this space um but super super grateful for Jen for sure um yeah i i I firmly believe uh that there was one human made for me yeah and, and she's it no question. She's a good one. Yeah.
1: Um well man, I just I want to just honor you and thank you. I'm super tender for your story. Thanks. Um I feel like unfortunately, you're just not and unfortunately maybe that word, but you're not you're not alone in this. I think that's yeah. it takes guts to really step out and be like, hey, here's where I messed up. And, and if you not, want to know blame where some, I
0: continue to mess up, stay tuned.
1: And not blame somebody else. I think so many times it's like, well. I messed up and I stepped outside of what I agreed to, but it's because you or because they, right. I think the empowering thing, I think we're trying to show people is like, I messed up because of me. Thousand percent. And that allows you and I, when we do that to do work, to correct that. Because when you, when you, when I continue to blame my stuff on other people, it's on them to fix it and them to do the work.
0: Own your shit. Yeah. It, it, but that, but brother, that goes back to the whole it's okay to not be okay. You, you, I find myself not owning my shit because it's like, well, that person has all of it together. Mm-hmm. So I really, you know, it can't be my fault. No. Yeah. This is, this is about me, man. This is like, because I, I continue to compare myself to people.
1: Right. We can only can control ourselves on such a hard reality to deal with. Right. But like you said, I think the, I think the most important thing, and we talked about, the, the Crucible Project, which is what you and yep. I are super passionate about, been involved in five years. And you gave the website, thecrucibleproject.org. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, we are big proponents of that. We are big. And they have they have a women's side as well. Yep, they do. We're huge proponents of that. I said everyone, every man and I care about in my life to go on a weekend because I truly believe they're life-changing, saved my marriage, made me a better dad, or at least gave me the tools to do it. Sure. But if that's not your cup of tea... That's okay. Find something that is. Find some way to process through things, to process through. And this work, I discovered there's a lot of men like you and I that have deep, deep wounds that we just were told to smile through and push on and do our job. And for me, and, I, and I'll let you, you know, you can sp- speak on this too, but for me, it's about changing my legacy. Oh sure. To do better by my, by my boys than was done for me, and and that's not to say, I believe people did the best for me that they had the ability to do, in certain situations.
0: Yeah. Again, I, my dad was an awesome human. My dad was a great man. Um, it, it's just important for me when you say to do the best that we can do. I now have information that my dad didn't have. Hundred percent. Um, I have been given something that my dad was never given. Yep. So now I feel like I have this responsibility to my boys. Hey, I know that I was angry. I know that I've already wounded you. I know that I've had an impact negatively on you and it stops now. Yep. And so the hope is the generational thing. So, yeah. um, I appreciate you, dude. Thanks for uh, making this a safe space. I uh, love you a whole bunch. You know that. You too, man. Um, again, if anybody wants to reach out, if, if this story resonates with you, um, if, if, um, what you heard today had an impact, um, would, ap- would appreciate it if you went to the warrior and the wolf on Facebook or Instagram and left a comment, tell us what you liked or what you would like to hear in future episodes. Uh, and you can also hit us up, uh, uh, via email if you need support, or we can help you in any way at the warrior and the wolf at gmail.com. Uh, Aaron and I would love to help any of you the best that we can, uh, please realize that we are coming from a place of imperfection. We will do the best that we can to love on and support you with where you are, but we absolutely want you to know that showing up authentically, uh, is a safe thing to do with he and I, any parting shots?
1: No, oh, man, you hit it. Just look at, you know, if you're a little bit younger generation than Mark over here, uh, we Facebook, <laughs> Instagram, jeez shots fired said take man. a parting shot is that not the shot man, that's not okay. no we love everything you said we love to brian he's being mean we love to this is a safe space to be mean. <laughs> we love to hear from you um super appreciate everybody's time and uh
0: jennifer jalen i love you more than you can possibly fathom thank you for your support everybody have a great day we'll yeah. see you soon
1: we're out